are you really doing, sis? You are now listening to the Effortless and Unbothered podcast. We are a community of brave women committed to living our best lives by our own design. I'm your host, Darice Renee, corporatepreneur, mother, daughter, big sis, and high-functioning overthinker. I'm on a mission to see women win with confidence, power, and self-love. Girl makes what seems like a good life. Girl is not happy. Girl blows up her life. Girl finds peace. This is my story and the reason why I created Effortless and Unbothered. I created this podcast and this platform because honestly, I lived a life that was a little off and I recognized the crazy. I called out the crazy and finally I stopped the crazy. So I want to share this with you in hopes that if there is someone out there listening that feels like things are just really off and they haven't put a name on it yet, um, that you'll find some inspiration for this story and that you'll, you'll be encouraged. There is light at the end of the tunnel. So one day I woke up and this was years ago. And I remembered that I really hate to cook and I'm not doing it anymore. So let me paint this picture for you. At the time I'm married and um, this is a marriage, the second marriage for both of us. We both brought children to the marriage. So we're talking, I brought two, he brought four and we are the black Brady bunch minus Alice, right? And in creating this life with this gentleman, I created a world that for everyone except for me felt extremely comfortable. I'm talking, you know, six kids every other weekend. Uh, we're talking kids in sports, kids in dance. We're talking full-time jobs for the both of us and a beautiful home. And we are living this life that I'm realizing over time just does not suit me. And there were a lot of different aspects. There were a lot of different signals that I just simply ignored because I dug my heels in. And although there were some things that felt off to me, I didn't like the idea of failure to the point that I ignored those things. And there was a quote that I found during this time. Uh, the quote is credited to Henry David Thoreau. And he says, most men lead lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with a song still in them. I was most men. I was felt trapped. I felt stuck and I didn't realize it until I was so deep into this thing, but I am grateful that I did finally recognize it before it was too late. Some of the things that I ignored along the way were some, some dysfunctions within my marriage. I realized after the fact that we just had different values, there was this misalignment um, later <laughs> through a lot of therapy, I learned that there was also some codependency there stemming from some childhood issues. I was 
in careers that were chosen because they suited the lifestyle that I wanted to live. I had very active children, very proud of what they were able to accomplish as athletes. And so my pursuits, my professional pursuits became secondary to making decisions that would allow me to get them to their practices and and take care of them the way I wanted them to be taken care of. Absolutely no guilt or shame around that. It worked out beautifully. I'm very happy about that. But at the same time, there were some things that I was denying myself. I wasn't working in my zone of genius. And for me, my profession is very much something that I identify with. So there was some things that were off there. And then there was this domestication of Doris. <laughs> there was, it was funny because I, I never actually subscribed to it. I took to it, right? So you've got six children looking at you. <laughs> And they're hungry. They they want something to eat. And so naturally, yeah, I walk into the kitchen and, you know, 13 years later, I'm preparing meals that begin and end with, you know, time in the kitchen. And I am creating this for this one because they don't like the main meal. And this one, you know, has this allergy or this, you know, uh, preference. And then there's that one. So on average on kids weekends, there might've been three different versions of a meal that I was preparing. And of course I'd clean the kitchen because nobody could clean the kitchen as well as I could. And, and then there was the cleaning and nobody could do that as well as I could. And this, and this, and this, and this. So there were all of these self-imposed bad choices. And looking back on it now, it's interesting to think about the effect of, of what I did to myself, but also the people that were in that house that I took on this journey. So I took on a persona that didn't fit me or suit me. And in taking on that persona, I gave the people in the house this ideal that wasn't really truly uh, a great ideal for me. Um, it's funny, I had one of my bonus babies come and see me recently and uh, he's everything. I love him so much. And he said, well, Dee, will you make me a cheesecake? And I said, well, yes, you know, I'll, I'll absolutely make you a cheesecake. But the funny part is that, um, you know, I had made it and he was sitting here having a slice. And he said, you know, I realized along, you know, along the way that you don't like to cook. And, and it's crazy to me because you were always in the kitchen and it just seemed like you really enjoyed it. And uh, that was kind of the epitome of what they saw. You know, they saw something that I don't want to call it a facade. I took ownership of that and um, later realized that, no, it's, it's not good for me. It's not a good fit for me. So there, there was this awakening, right? There was this, this time where I had to make some really tough choices, some choices that affected a lot of people. And I thank God for grace and mercy. I thank God for unconditional love from my family. I thank God that I had support through friends that, um, made me feel less crazy, but crazy nonetheless. And that's okay. So there, there have been 
many pivots and there had become this mental clarity around how to make the adjustments that I needed to make. And I'm so grateful and happy to have done the work, so to speak. How, how is it they, they say you've got to do the work. And, uh, if you could see me right now, I have air quotes. And that's okay. Um, because now on this side of things, I understand what it means to make those choices that require transformation. I understand the growth and it took time. So this message is really for those that have gone through or are going through something similar. I want to let you know it does get better. There is light and there is time. Time is one of those elements that can really keep you stuck if you bind yourself around this construct of time in the wrong way, in a negative way. You know, I read something or look at something just about every day where someone is highlighting, you know, the 60 year old who just started college or the 12 year old that started college. And both of them are fine if that's what suits them. Um, there are those of us though, who have this clock running in the back of our heads and we feel as if certain things should be accomplished within certain regions of our life. And I, and I have to tell you that, that, that constraint will keep you stuck if you subscribe to it. So I, I really hope and pray that you are not living in that lie and uh, that you can come past it. You know, the, the quote that I brought up earlier, they go to the grave with the song still in them. There is time as long as you are breathing to make the necessary adjustments. So I'm hoping to encourage you. One of the things that I promised in this podcast life of mine is that I would bring practical tips as we are learning and growing together. And one of the things I wanted to share in relation to how I stopped my crazy was first to get clear on what it is I wanted. There was a book I read some years ago, and I don't even remember what the book was, but in that book, there was an exercise where we as readers were told to write down 100 things you want. Um, and, and it was funny for me because I took so long to think of that list. Now, mind you, picture this. You've, you've got this blank slate. There's nobody in the room. There's nobody who's going to read the list. There's no judgment. And yet for me to identify what I wanted for my life was, it was not, it was not an automatic response. And after some time, when I looked back at that exercise and realized, um, even that process and what it took, it occurred to me that I had built so much time and put so much energy and effort into taking care of the people around me. Keep in mind, let me go back. Remember those six people, three different versions of dinner I was cooking. I had built this um, muscle of taking care of others and denying myself. And it was so strong that when I was asked to write down what I wanted for my life, I could not. 
accomplished that. I came up with maybe 20, 30 things. I put it away and it took me months to go back and add to that list. And as I healed, I would go back and add a few more things. And I would take some months, go back, add a few more things. And in that, it was the journey that I needed to go on to be able to get clear about what I wanted so that I could make the adjustments, so that I could get in alignment with who I truly was. So my suggestion, sis, for anyone who's going through anything similar where you're feeling like you can't sing the song that you were meant to sing is to start taking action. If your action is as simple as getting a journal, then get a journal. I highly uh, suggest journals and advise folks get journals because there's something about writing down what's happening in your head. You're right. Like there are those of us who just stay in our heads and it's, it's crazy up there. Like the way you take something and make it real, like the way you assign value to things, um, as they're sitting in your head is just sometimes unhealthy. So journaling is, is one practice that is just a simple, simple practice to get clear on what's important to you and what will truly make you happy. What will give you peace? What will give you joy? There's some work to do. But before you blow up and, um, you know, take folks with you on that journey, I suggest being very intentional. You know, one of the other things I suggest is as you are journaling, if you find it difficult to just begin to describe what's happening in your life and uh, documenting how you're feeling, then find some prompts that relate to self-awareness. So if you Google and it's easy to do, um, journal prompts for self-awareness, you're going to find something that resonates with you. And I suggest you start, just give yourself 10 minutes, give yourself 15 minutes. Maybe it's one day a week. Maybe it's two days a week. Just start somewhere. You know, I heard, um, Mel Robbins talk about her definition of joy. And in one of those definitions of joy for her, it was keeping promises to herself. And when I heard that, I thought, my God, how great is that? And how simple is that? However, it's not always easy to implement, especially if you're someone who's constantly pouring into and taking care of those around you. Keeping promises to yourself is a good start and journaling, getting those journal props that relate to self-awareness is a great place to start. Start small. And um, I promise you, you're going to be surprised at what happens. Now, that's it. I want you to know you're not alone. So if after you hear this story, you'd like to DM me, email me, mail a letter, contact uh, me in any way, just um, head to our website, effortlessandunbothered.com and uh, let me know if this resonates with you. I thank you for spending this time with me today and uh, I hope it was helpful to you.
Sis, thank you for joining me on another episode of Effortless and Unbothered. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave a rating. You can find even more resources and show notes on the website, effortlessandunbothered.com. Until next time, make an impact, tap into your power, and cultivate effortless joy. Oh,